Transmitting from the lovely little city of Taylor, Texas, you are listening to Plow and Hose, a show dedicated to the joys and challenges of organic backyard gardening in Central Texas. I am your host, Julie Rydell. Welcome to the show. Hello again. Welcome back, plant friends. Thank you for joining me here in the studio again. As always, I'm recording in my sweet little town, Taylor, Texas. And Taylor, Texas has had a crazy week for weather, um, to say the least. Multiple tornadoes this past week cutting through our parts of Central Texas with some absolutely terrible destruction in some of our neighboring communities the last I heard that there were no fatalities, which is just absolutely wonderful, um, considering all the horrible damage that's left behind. I don't know about y'all, but I have about had my fill of historic weather events, and I'm really ready for some nice, normal, stable, predictable weather And I'm really counting on the old saying about March being in like a lion and out like a lamb. And here we are at the end of March, and I guess it's shaping up to be pretty decent. So good job, Texas weather. I really like it when you're not crazy. (laughs) I'm really proud of you. Uh, And keep up the good work. Things are really starting to green up and come to life around town. And I kind of had a moment walking into work one day this week after um, that awful storm. So it must have been like Wednesday or Thursday. I was in um, a hurry rushing across the parking lot because I was running late. And I was so focused on getting in to work that I was taken by surprise. Um, Right as I got up to the front door, I was just hit right in the nose with this sweet, heady grape soda scent. And it just stopped me in my tracks. And I turned around and I looked up and I saw the Texas mountain laurel was just covered in bright purple clusters of blossoms from the bottom of branches all the way to the top. Texas mountain laurel grows as a large shrub, but it can be groomed and shaped to grow as a small tree. They are evergreen natives, and they grow especially well in central, southwest, and western Texas, as well as New Mexico and original Mexico, regular Mexico. (laughs) Anyway, um... The mountain laurel that's planted in front of my office um, is pretty large, so I'm thinking it's probably like 15 to 20 years old. It's planted right next to the entrance, and I noticed over the past few years that one side, the side that's next to the building, blooms before the side that faces the street, and it looks a little funny for a week or so before... um, both sides are in full bloom. It 
just is kind of odd looking. This happens because the side next to the bricks is warmer than the side that faces out. It's a great example of a microclimate where um, a small area has a slightly different temperature than adjacent locations. The side that is next to the building is warmer than the more exposed street facing side. And it's also protected from the wind. So it, it does stay um, a little toastier over on that side. Microclimates occur naturally, um, but they can also be man-made. Valleys, hills, and areas surrounding bodies of water can have different temperatures and climates than neighboring areas, but man-made structures can also create opportunities for microclimates. Courtyards, buildings, fences all absorb and reflect heat, which will raise the temperatures around plants. This year, um, I didn't notice the Texas mountain laurel at work blooming all crazy and funky and lopsided. Maybe I didn't notice, or maybe it was just different timing this year, but it's completely blooming now and heavy with fragrance. And it's really interesting to watch because it's covered with all kinds of different pollinators, bees, butterflies, little wasps, little flies. It's really neat to look at. Texas mountain laurel is a member of the pea family. So it's a legume and they are one of those awesome plants that can draw nitrogen out of the air and then take it in and work with the soil biology to convert it into a type of nitrogen that plants can use as food. Nitrogen is a key plant nutrient and it's the one responsible for keeping leaves healthy. If you look closely at the Texas mountain laurel flowers, flowers, you'll see that they have the same shape blossoms as sweet peas, alfalfa, blue bonnets, and garden peas. In the early spring, they form these drapey clusters that are bright purple. And as um, time goes by, they fade to a soft lavender before the blossoms drop. They look really similar to wisteria, but Texas mountain laurel is distinct. Um, they are extremely fragrant and they really do smell like super sweet grape soda or grape Kool-Aid or grape popsicle. Texas mountain laurel develops fuzzy pods that kind of look like big peanuts. As the pods dry, they turn like a leathery gray and then they get hard and inside the pods are bright red seeds that are about the size of a pistachio seed, but unlike peanuts, pistachios, and garden peas, Texas mountain laurel seeds are toxic. The hard, shiny seeds are really pretty, but they contain a very poisonous alkaloid that is related to nicotine, and it's widely cited as a narcotic and hallucinogen. So don't go trying to eat them, and be sure to teach the little people in your life not to eat any plants, berries, or seeds that they find in the, in the yard without asking. Texas mountain laurel is a tough, woody Texas native plant that is 
extremely drought tolerant. They love full sun. And once they get established, they are exceptionally heat tolerant too. They do prefer rocky limestone soil. So if you live on the west side of Interstate 35, you have the ideal soil for Texas mountain laurel. If you happen to live east of IH35 and have the black heavy clay soil like we have here in Taylor, don't worry, you can still plant Texas mountain laurel. You just need to make sure that you plant it in a spot that is well draining because Texas mountain laurels will not tolerate soggy roots at all. Amending heavy clay soil is actually really easy to do. All you have to do is incorporate plenty of organic material like a few shovelfuls of compost into your planting hole when you're planting a Texas mountain laurel. And as your mountain laurel grows, you can continue to keep the heavy clay soil healthy by top dressing with compost and mulch every year. Texas mountain laurels are very slow growing plants. So if you are wanting to fill a space quickly, like in the next two or three years, you will probably want to buy a larger plant so that you can have those flowers sooner and fill up your space. They are pretty slow growing, so you got to be patient, especially if you get a smaller plant or try to start some from seeds. Because Texas mountain laurels are so tough and tolerant to our summer conditions, it's a great choice for xeriscaping, which is a garden design specifically for areas that are prone to drought. If you are interested in xeric landscaping, be sure to check out last week's show. The second half of the podcast is all about xeric landscaping. It's episode 58 from March 20th. Plants really are starting to come alive right now in central Texas. To me, spring is such an energetic time with all the new growth and awakening that's taking place in the landscape and in our own backyards. All of these naked, deciduous trees are starting to wake up too, and they're putting on new leaf buds. Soon and very soon, we'll have tons of green leaves back on our naked trees. Trees and plants break dormancy as a response to warmer days and changes in sunlight. Shorter nights and longer sunny days spur new growth, growth and development. Sunlight triggers the buds to break. Buds contain um, cells that are sensitive to light and warmth, and they can detect when there's finally enough daylight and warm temperatures for the leaves to survive. Even though we can't see what's happening underground, roots are also very active in the springtime. Each spring, the roots are busy growing and consuming lots of water and nutrients. So while you're out in your flower and vegetable beds and putting out fresh compost and a layer of mulch, don't forget about your trees. Trees also benefit from compost and mulch. 
Mulch is especially important for newly planted trees. A nice layer of mulch around the base of a tree will help retain moisture while keeping the roots cool. Mulch also helps suppress weeds, which will compete for water and nutrients. Mulch also serves as a visual barrier between the tree trunk and lawnmowers and weed whackers. If you keep the weeds down around your trees, then you won't have any reason to have a weed whacker out by your trees, possibly causing damage. So mulch is going to help keep down those weeds. As we get further into spring, you might notice your neighbor's trees leafing out or blooming sooner than some of yours, um, even if you have the same kind of trees. And, you know, there's, there's lots of different reasons why your tree um, might not be putting on new leaves or flowers at the same rate as your neighbor's. Different varieties of the same species can actually bloom or bud earlier or later depending on the variety. So you may have um, a slightly different type of tree. There might be a unique microclimate situation that is impacting um, growth stimulus. You know, maybe it's cooler or warmer next door, or maybe there's more or less sunlight Seemingly slight differences um, can impact blood, uh, bud and blossom development. As long as the tree buds are green on the inside, they're alive and they're just taking their time to sprout. If your tree doesn't have any buds or if the buds are shriveled or black, then that might indicate that you have a problem. If you have pliable branches and you know that there's green under the bark, then your tree is still alive and you just need to be patient. You are listening to Plow and Hose on KBSR Black Sparrow Radio. If you are enjoying my show, I hope you'll go over to www.blacksparrowmusicparlor.com and check out the station and learn all about the great shows and music coming out of our station broadcasting from Taylor, Texas. While you're out on the internet, be sure to stop by the Plow and Hose Facebook page and like and share it with your gardening friends or head over to where you get your podcasts and subscribe to the Plow and Hose podcast. If you like the flexibility of being able to play, pause, and rewind my show whenever you want, download some episodes and leave a review. It's super quick. Just click on the stars. It's going to help others find the show and it lets people know that Plow and Hose is a pretty good show. And if you've already left a review, thank you. I appreciate that very much. Yesterday, I was out in my backyard watering my strawberries. And there was like a nice soft breeze that blew across my yard. And it caught my attention um, because I looked over and I witnessed like this little mini shower of leaves falling from my live oak. And I was like, what is going on? And I always forget that this happens every year when all the other trees are finally putting on new buds and starting to leaf out. 
the live oak drops all of their leaves. Live oaks, you know, they can't be like all the other trees in the yard. They have to be different. It's kind of nice though, because they keep their leaves through the winter and then drop them all at once in the springtime when they get new leaves. It happens really quickly too. One day the tree has leaves and it seems like they drop overnight and the next day the tree is just naked and bare. But all of this oak tree nudity doesn't really last very long. Live oaks hang on to their green leaves all through the winter and as soon as it gets warm, they drop those old leaves immediately and push out new leaves. Out with the old, in with the new, right? Well, in spite of their kind of weird leaf cycle, Texas live oaks are great trees. They are large and majestic and they can grow 50 feet tall and they have kind of fairly short and stout trunks that can get to be four or more feet around. They have a low dense crown and they can spread more than a hundred feet across. And a lot of time they will send out limbs that will touch the ground too. As live oaks grow and mature, they develop rough dark brown trunks. The bark is quite furrowed and it's thick and it kind of develops a thick scaly pattern as they age. Live oaks are also known for their very hard, very heavy and tough wood. Because of this, live oak wood was a favorite material for making wagon wheels. Live oaks are wide and sprawling and they form a broad, wide, beautiful canopy. The leaves are dark green and thick and waxy. The massive limbs and glossy foliage makes live oaks a really popular shade tree. And if you have the space, they can fit very well into a residential landscape. Once they get established, they are quite drought tolerant. You know, um, while I was out for my morning walks this past week, um, I did notice a handful of houses with bags of leaves out where they're trash. And I thought it was a little weird. I mean, it's springtime. Um, at the time, it didn't click with me that they were likely filled with live oak leaves. Some people see all the leaves on the ground as just a big mess and they start raking and bagging up leaves and putting them out by the curb, out with the garbage. And I'm like, Ugh, don't do that. You guys are missing out on some really good stuff because leaves are magic. Once deciduous trees are done with their leaves, after they have taken in all the nutrients they can from the leaves, when the leaves are on the ground at the base of the tree, the leaves start to break down and decompose. All of the leaves break down at the base of the tree. The soil takes in those nutrients and minerals from the leaf compost. Soil critters and microbes process nutrients even more, and then the tree's roots are able to absorb the nutrients. It's this whole big nutrient recycling circle. Trees make leaves, the leaves give 
the tree food and energy through photosynthesis. When the leaves die and fall to the ground, the decomposing leaves feeds the soil, which feeds the tree, which makes new leaves. If you have a live oak in your yard, rake up some of your leaves and store them next to your compost pile so you can use them throughout the year. Save them for your pile or use them as mulch in your garden beds. Leaves make really great mulch, really free mulch too. So you totally need to rake up some to save them. Brown material is hard to come by in the summertime. Warm weather helps your pile break down faster, so you'll need more brown material to keep up. Live oak leaf litter is a springtime gift for your garden, so don't send them to the landfill. Rake them up and use them. If you don't want to mess with raking them up, you can always mow over them and leave them on your lawn, but definitely put them to good use. Just don't send all that great brown plant material to the landfill. Live oak leaves are great for mulch. You can use them around your vegetable and flower beds and around trees and shrubs. Live oak leaves are thick and sturdy and they do a good job of keeping the weeds down while maintaining soil temperature and moisture. If you love fresh cut flowers for flower arrangements and bouquets, either for yourself or for giving away, try planting some cut flower seeds this year. Early spring is a great time to plant heat-loving summer annuals. Here in Central Texas, we can grow bright and cheery summertime favorites like bachelor buttons, celosia, marigolds, sunflower, cosmos, and zinnias, all from seed. And these flowers will bloom and bloom all through the summer, giving you tons of colorful flowers. Summer annuals grow, flower, and set seed in one season. Annuals don't come back year after year, at least not from the original mother plant. They spend all of their energy growing, blooming, and in in an attempt to make more seeds. Once they form seeds, they slow down blooming. Then they drop their seed and die. Because they only last one growing season, annuals put out tons and tons of flowers. By picking the flowers before they have a chance to set seed, they will continue to make more flowers. Summer annuals are also popular with pollinators, so if you want to attract butterflies, bees, and other insects to your garden, consider adding some near or in your vegetable garden. Zinnias and cosmos are lovely flowers that are great for flower arrangements and provide nectar to many insects and hummingbirds. Both zinnias and cosmos are super easy to start from seed as well as um, transplanting them. Cosmos are daisy-like flowers that come in a variety of colors, red, white, pink, maroon, orange, and yellow. Their blossoms range from three to five inches wide and they sit on top of thin stems that have really delicate leaves. They usually stay about three to four feet tall, but some varieties grow six feet tall. So when you are picking out cosmoses, be sure to check out the uh, 
full size because um, you probably don't want to have those six feet um, tall cosmos planted right out in front um, of shorter plants. But anyway, cosmos aren't too picky about where they grow. They aren't fussy plants at all, and they don't need any special soil preparation. They actually prefer soil that isn't too rich, which is good because if your soil has too much nitrogen, they'll put on more foliage and have fewer flowers. Cosmos, like most plants, they like well-draining soil, so pick a nice sunny location that doesn't stay soggy. Cosmos grow best in neutral and alkaline soil, which is great for us here in Central Texas where we have alkaline soil. If you are starting a new bed to grow Cosmos, just remove the grass and work in some compost. Compost is going to keep your soil from being overly waterlogged and it will give your newly planted seeds some nutrients. An annual application of compost is about all you need for Cosmos. You probably won't even need to add any additional fertilizer if you give your beds some fresh compost at the beginning of the growing season. Once you are ready to plant your Cosmos seed, just plant them according to the seed packet. They are, sm they are small seeds and you don't have to plant them more than a quarter inch deep. You may need to thin the seedlings when they are a few inches tall. This will ensure that they have enough um, space when they get full grown and they aren't competing with each other for water. It's going to take about seven weeks from when you plant your Cosmos seeds before you get your first blooms. But after that, your Cosmos should continue to bloom all through the summer and into the fall. If you let Cosmos seed uh, if you let Cosmos set seed, they will come back again next year. Cosmos seeds are lightweight, and you may find them in other parts of your garden, but they are easy enough to pull up if you decide that you don't want them growing where they want to grow. Zinnias are another fun and colorful summer annual that does great for us in Central Texas. Zinnias are so awesome. They are one of the easiest flowers to grow and they come in like every color except like blue and black and they are one of the best cut flowers because they have a long vase life and they last a pretty long time inside. Zinnias are sturdy flowers and have strong stems and they do so well even in the heat of the summer. Zinnias like well-draining soil and enjoy full sun. They won't bloom as nicely or profusely if they don't get enough sun, so don't even bother trying to plant them in the shade. Butterflies love zinnias because they are great nectar plants. If you are watering your zinnias, try to water the at the base of the plants and not water on top of the blossoms because you don't want to wash away the nectar that attracts but the butterflies. You can plant zinnias all summer long. Just keep them water and fertilize them regularly so that you can have zinnias continuously. 
when you are out in your garden fertilizing your vegetables, you should go ahead and give them some extra nutrients to your zinnias. They aren't super heavy feeders, so a mild organic fertilizer will be perfect. Well, now that we're at the end of March, we can still plant lots of vegetables. We can plant beans, beets, cantaloupe, chard, corn, cucumbers, greens, southern peas, pumpkins, radishes, summer and winter squashes, turnips, and watermelon. We can also put in eggplant, pepper, and tomato transplants. Well, thank you guys for joining me again today. It's such a wonderful time of year. I hope you guys are excited about springtime and just loving it as much as I am. And I really hope that you have a great week. Production assistance provided by KBSR, Black Sparrow Radio. Original music created by Alex Cuervo. Discover more of his music at alexcuervo.tv. If you love plants and gardening in Central Texas, be sure to click the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts and never miss seasonal information on Plow and Hose. Plow and Hose is written and recorded at my home in Taylor, Texas. Music